Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, you're listening to Downton Abbey, the official podcast. I'm Anita Rani, and over the last five episodes of the podcast, I've been chatting to everyone from the Downton Abbey world as Downton Abbey, a new era, arrives in cinemas. Over the past couple of weeks, we've done a deep dive into the characters above stairs and below stairs, and this week it's time to meet some of the new arrivals to the Downton world. I did a film with Julian actually years ago. But everyone else in that film got parts in Downton except me. I don't know why. <laughs> We've been teased about two central storylines that run through the new movie. The one featuring the dashing fellow you've just heard from, Dominic Quest, takes place at the castle. But the other is wrapped up in a mystery involving a trip to France. This is the first time the Crawleys and their entourage have gone abroad. And Hugh Bonneville, who plays Robert Crawley, tells us how they got on. Cannot wait to disappear into the south of France with all of you. So how does the sort of British aristocracy, how does that sort of play out in the south of France when you do meet these new characters? What do they care about, kind of the lords and the, the airs and graces that the British aristocracy Well, have? it's funny. It's, it's more of a case of the British taking, or, or rather Mr Carson taking uh, British sensibilities to France. <laughs> He insists on wearing his full butler's gear in the heat of the of the South Quite of France because right. standards have to be maintained. And of course, his philosophy on speaking a foreign language is to speak English but louder, and uh, and uh, that will normally get through with your foreigner. So uh, we have some fun with Brits abroad. Basically. Brits abroad, yeah. absolutely. Poor Carson, he must be cooking in those heavy clothes. Isn't there a lighter version he could wear? I believe so. Thank you, Monsieur, but we English are never too hot to wear the correct attire. I've invited some friends tomorrow to say goodbye and introduce all of you. But the presence of your butler reminds me that we are now your guests and I should have asked your permission. Oh, please. Let us drink to your fortunate granddaughter, Sibyl Branson. In previous episodes, we've heard how in 1928, the travel industry was revolutionising and with it, the culture of holidaying. Julian Fellows, the creator and writer of Downton, shared with me a particular source of inspiration he drew on when writing this storyline. I read this book about a rather interesting character called Maxine Elliott, mm. who was an American actress who came to Europe, came to England, and she was a very good businesswoman. She made a great deal of money and she set herself up as an English hostess, bought a great house and all that stuff. She was a great friend of Churchill and she was very friendly with all the politicians and so on. And then she'd kind of had enough of that. And she went to the south of France and built herself a villa called the Chateau L'Horizon mm -hmm. of the Horizon. And there she entertained the same people, but in the south of France. And she was one of the people in the 20s, along with Coco Chanel and Scott Fitzgerald and his wife Zelda and various other, who 
persuaded the hotels to stay open in the summer, because until then, you only went to the south of France for the winter months, mm. because it was mild. It was a mild winter and a pleasant atmosphere, but it wasn't baking. And the idea was that in the summer, the south of France was too hot to be fun. And of course, that wasn't really true. Once the 20s had got rid of corsets and various other limits on women's clothing, then being very hot in loose clothes, which you could wear easily and run around, suddenly became much more appealing. And so you have this waking up of the south of France as a summer resort and a reinvention of itself, which by the 30s, 40s, 50s had become standard. And by the time I was a child in the 50s, you know, you went to the south of France in the summer. I mean, that was just when you went. And I thought that would be fun to explore, really, because yes. I think a lot of people don't know it. No, you're right. Absolutely. When I was reading it, I thought I didn't uh, appreciate that that was the start of the summer holidays because you just it's something we take for granted. Next up, our producers Gareth Neem and Liz Truebridge. Liz shared some insights with me on this new adventure for Downton. I'm amazed at how anybody produced anything during the pandemic and how people have had to adapt the way they work. Did you find the location in the south of France and pick it purely on photographs? The extraordinary thing is that myself, the designer and the location manager were the three people who got to France in July of 2020. And we went and looked around the five villas that our local, our French producing company had had found for us and we walked into this one and said ah that's the one <laughs> it was the first one we saw wow and it had everything we wanted we wanted a lovely driveway that it would just reveal the house and then it was so beautiful the place and then you have this staggering view over the med so it was hard to to beat and a beautiful swimming pool so as the producer then, do you get to decide where you're based and did you go and spend time in the south of France when they were shooting there? Definitely did. Yeah, good, good. I'm so glad you said that. Are you that, crazy? Liz. I know. Surely that's the whole point now. You are one of the bosses. You can go to the south of France. Of course I went to the south of France. Well, I'm on set every day anyway, so yeah. Yeah, it's part of what I do. Um I'd love to ask you a bit about the attention to detail because we know there's so much attention to detail in how everybody would behave because mm -hmm. there were so many strict rules and regulations about yeah. what people do and what Very footmen ordered do. Life. Very yeah. ordered life. But what about getting everything accurate on screen? So in terms of making the set spot on and with this new film, you're bringing in Hollywood and presumably you've got cameras and equipment. Mm -hmm. and, what, and how did you go about sourcing all of that and making sure that everything was as it would have been? First of all, we had a great film advisor called Lorraine Porter. She was fantastic to advise us and the art department liaised with her. And of course, things that we I certainly hadn't thought about, like the camera, once they move from silent movies because they made a racket those old cameras and then they they would be put in a box a like like a padded cell so that you couldn't hear the noise of the camera and the fact that when they were recording sound they did all the sound effects at the same time so you know we have a, a roulette table 
And there is a couple of little men throwing balls into an actual roulette table. That's brilliant. So we see all of that. Yeah, yeah. See, that must have been brilliant for all of you to be telling the story of the history of your craft. It was, yeah, it was. But you know, can you imagine in the dining room? We we had a big scene around the dining room table in Downton. So we had our crew, our cast, and then we had the guest cast (laughs) and the people playing the film crew in this. So. <laughs> and we're in a pandemic, so again, you know, people were masked and then till the very last minute. But do you know what? We didn't lose one day of filming. Well done. That's Not amazing. Well That's done, the COVID team. Yeah. yeah. Well, all of you. Um, we need to talk about the new cast. Yep. Because this new storyline, I am very lucky because I am one of the few people who has actually read the script uh-huh. and I loved it. <laughs> Great. For me, this film is just so perfectly self-contained. So much happens. It's so exciting. And just reading the script, I wanted to be in all the locations. Definitely wanted to be in the south of France. Yes. <laughs> but it's a very interesting thing that you've done once again mm. by bringing in new people to Downson. You are highlighting so much. And this time it's Hollywood that's yep. descending. Yep. What's that going to do to Downton? We have to be very careful with this because we've got, you know, nobody in their right mind sets out to do a feature film with the size of cast we have. But, you know, one of Julian's great strengths is that he writes, he interweaves storylines so that everyone has something satisfying to do. And so you can't introduce that many more characters because it's just ridiculous. Nobody has, you know, you don't have enough screen time because you don't want to be longer than two hours, really. So... So we had three main guest cast, three in the silent movie and then two in France. And did you know you wanted to get Dominic West to be in it? Or or is there a list of names? How does it work? Jill Trevelick, our casting director, is a a legend and knows Downton so well. And, you know, her task is to bring people in who've got a certain level of experience and certain people, particularly of that, calibre they stand out and Dominic is an obvious candidate for that part. I mean he and has he a says, castle he has a castle yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does look and he was so charming Michelle Dockery who plays Lady Mary tell me more about the film within a film you've learned so much about history I mean so mm. it's set in a historical context but as a film crew learning about the history of film that must have been some it was a different experience. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I couldn't tell the difference between what was um, <laughs> a piece of equipment from 2021 and a piece of equipment that was a prop. I mean, it's it was bizarre because there was like double the amount of equipment on set. So it was really crowded, those scenes, that, which, you know, for upstairs, we're not used to that. You know, the rooms are so huge and sparse and there's lots of space to move around. And so as the character, you know, that was really interesting for Mary to kind of be sort of shoved in a corner while the the filming was happening and people running in and out of the house. And it was, in a way, it kind of made me think, this must must be how Lady Carnarvon feels. (laughs) Yeah, when you (laughs) You know, when we all turn up (laughs) again to shoot, like her house is being completely turned upside down. But it was just really interesting to see how it was done back then. And, Mm. 
you know, small things like how they did the clapperboard and the dialogue being sort of improvised because, you know, obviously it was a silent movie. So the dialogue is sort of improvised, but there are certain ways that they turned their head and, you know, it was all very sort of technical. And then, of course, the silence movies are not making any money anymore. So it has to be changed into a talkie. So, like, seeing that transition was just incredible. And we won't reveal what that means for you because mm. you're overseeing it, but something else yeah. happens. I'm not going to give it away. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is them arriving, it kind of highlights the class system changing within Britain, that you have the aristocracy, but here you have Hollywood superstars that yeah. come in and there's actors and actresses who've worked <clears throat> their way up from nothing to be served by your servants. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But also they don't care. Like, I love that Myrna just has no airs and she doesn't care for she's the Hollywood star. So she comes in and she barely acknowledges yeah. Lord Grantham and... Cora. And so everybody's sort of taken aback. Like, we've never been sort of treated in that way before, but she doesn't care because she's a Hollywood star. You know, she's Queen Bee. So those dynamics were really fun to play. For us to sort of, you know, the characters to feel like they're not top dog for a minute, <laughs> you know, it was brilliant because it just sort of shifted everyone's, you know, airs and graces. It was just like everybody had to kind of just adjust to what was going on. Yeah. Or even as actors, seeing that actually, yes, as actors, you can transcend and move into different worlds. And the whole thing must have been layers upon layers upon layers of things going on. Yeah. And, and also just because we're such a family as well, and we know each other so well. And like even those layers, yeah, just because we've all had 12 years of our lives together. So there's even layers with all of that. It's amazing. I mean, it's such a every and every time it's got a different flavour to it. Like I loved working with the new new actors, Hugh Less. Dancy and Laura Haddock, Dominic West. I mean, it was really fun. And for me, quite because I wasn't with the family, you know, Mary doesn't go to France. So Mary's having to run things at the house with a bunch of, you know, all these new people. So you mean Mary's left at the house with another hot bloke? <laughs> what has that happened before? Uh, never. <laughs> it never happens. I spoke to the amazing Jill Trevelick, who's the casting director on Downton. She's been nominated for six Emmys, and you heard Liz Truebridge describe her as a legend earlier. So, Jill, I want to know how you managed to create this cast that works so well together, because you've got the really <laughs> established actors, some of the best in the land, real-life dames, and then you've got uh, a cast of newbies who are just starting out. So how did you get the balance right? Um, <laughs> trying to create the balance is really just trying to be true to the characters. It, it, a balance isn't something that you can sort of think about like it's a recipe. I've got so much of this, so I need so much of that to balance it. It, it isn't like that, really. It's really trying to be true to the characters and to do justice to the writing of the characters, I think. So, for instance, when we were casting Daisy, who Sophie McShearer plays so brilliantly, initially I looked, uh, because we were going to be filming sort of in the London area or down in the south anyway, um, initially I was looking at northern girls who had been living and working in London for a little while or had come down to drama school and had spent their time in London and was staying on. But there's something about living in London for a while that I think gives people a sort of 
or worldliness that I wasn't looking for in Daisy. And so finally, having seen probably about a dozen actresses or so, I just decided to ask a group of Northern actresses who might be right for this to come down from Manchester, Leeds, Halifax, wherever. And that's how we found Sophie. She just walked in and she was just the character. I mean, that's what you're looking for. It's not to do with balance, I think, particularly. Though, you know, it's asking a lot (laughs) of a relatively young, inexperienced actor to um, find themselves in a scene with Dame Maggie Smith. In fact, dear Sophie, at the very, very first read-through, was placed at this long table, looking straight, I think, at Maggie. So, you know, I can remember when she walked into the room, walking her around and chatting to her because I knew it was going to be a big event for her. And as we went past all the seats, she was looking at all the names of the actors as we were going past. I was thinking, oh, this poor girl. (laughs) But, I mean, she, she acquitted herself brilliantly. And then it was, you know, all systems go after that. So tell me, how did you get involved in Downton? Through Gareth Neem. He rang me up and said, would you be interested in reading a script? It's written by Julian Fellows. And the quickest way I can describe it is it's Gosford Park as a television series. And I said, yes, I would be. (laughs) I didn't really have to hesitate. And it was a a brilliant script because not only did you discover who all these people were, but you knew all their relationships as well. It It was fantastically structured. And I remember ringing Gareth back, having read it, and saying... If you get the casting of this right, Gareth, this is going to be a huge hit. (laughs) And he said, don't say that, it's bad luck. (laughs) Is that what attracted you to the script in the first place? Did the characters jump out of the page for you? Yeah, I mean, they did. The characters did jump out at me. And also the breadth of the casting jumped out at me and was just so appealing. You know, to have a cast where you're casting Sophie Mitchell and Dame Maggie Smith is just what's not to love, really. And I had lots of questions about how to cast quite a lot of these characters, particularly quite a few of the downstairs characters, because I just didn't have the knowledge to know how you got to be a valet or how you got to be a housekeeper. And so one of the first things that happened after I'd met Liz Truebridge was that I then met Julian, who I'd never met before. And he said, "Um, so have you got any questions or would you just like me to talk about the characters? I said, honestly, Julian, I'd really like you to talk to me about the characters. So he proceeded to do so. And about an hour and a half later, I had so much information that it was just absolutely great. And what was great about that was we weren't particularly at that stage talking about actors who might be right. We were just talking about the characters. So fast forwarding to the new film and the new era, do you relish the challenge of bringing in a completely new character into such an established world? It must be daunting, but Mm. exciting. So I'd like to know how you approach it. Tell me more. The only daunting thing about bringing in new characters into Downton is after six series and a movie, it's like, who haven't we cast? (laughs) Times where I even found myself, you know, going through Spotlight. I actually, for a nanosecond, thought, gosh, Dan Stevens would be great for this. (laughs) Thinking, what are you thinking? You know, (laughs) Um, and I 
actually, I think the reason, in a way, though, having said that, I think the reason, in a way, that that Hugh Dancy is so great in the new film is that there is something of that Dan Stevens-ish gentleman, British, handsome, charming, you know, thing about him. And, uh, yeah, so I was on the right lines, but... Um, it's lovely bringing new characters in and seeing seeing how the established characters react to them. And I think it's lovely for the cast as well to have new people to play off. You know, that's really exciting. And it's, obviously it's very often it's people that in other worlds they've, they've worked with or some of them have worked with. Um, I'd love you to tell me a bit about how you cast for the French side of the project. How did you go about yeah. bringing in French actors? Well, we had to find an actress who could sort of match up to, if that's possible, match up to Dame Maggie in terms of status. You know, when we see her on screen, our French dowager has to be somebody who, you know, we, we kind of think this, this is a rather special person. And Natalie Bai is supreme, supreme actress. Lovely, lovely actress. So that was great. It- it's probably a cruel question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. Is there one character you are really excited for the Downton fans to meet? I think I'm very... Well, I'm very excited for, for everybody to meet all of the new characters. Well, there aren't very many. Um, I have to say, I did enjoy Dominic West's naughtiness, I think. I think he's a great character, our, our, new, our new guy. I'm not allowed to say too much about it am I and that whole storyline which Laura Haddock's also involved in is terrific uh, Jill thank you so much very um, welcome. I will be sending you my self-tape through the post mm-hmm. and here he is you may know him from his many appearances in film and TV shows such as The Wire and The Affair this is to be his Downton Abbey debut so let's hear from Dominic West about what it's been like stepping into this new world. Dominic West, part of the Downton family, or the phenomenon, I should say. That <laughs> excites me. Yeah, well, it really excited me. I, I don't know what, what took them so long to get me involved. What did take them so long? They've had every other posh actor in England. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it an instant yes? Pretty much, yes. Yes, it was, yeah. I think I was in... Lockdown at the time. So once we worked out how to get out of lockdown, yeah, no, it was. Especially when I discovered we were filming at um, High Clear and I was going to be fully in the whole Downton experience. I leapt at the idea, yeah. What was the casting process? Do you, is it just a phone call? Do you have to come and read the script with see how you work? Did they know what character you were going to play? Uh, yeah, no, they they did. Simon rang me, who uh, who I'd met once before. I was out of the country at the time, so he he yeah he offered it to me, which was very sweet of him. And uh, obviously, it had been cleared with Julian, who I've known for some years. And uh, I did a film with Julian actually years ago, uh, before Downton, and. Um, Everyone else in that film got parts in Downton except me. I don't know. Why. <laughs> but, you were probably busy. So he was saving me up for the for the last, I think. So let's reveal who you're playing. Tell us about your character. Introduce yourself. Who is this person we're going to meet? So Guy Dexter is a fictional character, but based very much on the silent film stars of the nineteen. 19- 20s and 30s, who came out from England and uh, colonised Hollywood, and they were known as the Hollywood Raj. So my, my character is based on p- people like Ronald Coleman and, and um, other actors like that who went out from England and made their fortune and found a whole new sort of 
freedom out in Hollywood and as well as a whole career. And Guy comes, therefore, back to England to star in a silent film at Downton Abbey. And that's how he gets involved with the family and the house and uh, what transpires, because they're making a movie at Downton. I mean, Julian Fellows is very clever at this, isn't he? You know, whatever is going on historically in the backdrop and what that is doing to this this home, this environment, this legacy that essentially remains the same and how the outside world then impacts what's going on at Highclere. Yeah. The film's called The New Era. So what is happening? How Hollywood descends on Downton and what does that do? You're right. He is brilliant at... Um showing the contemporary impact of the world and still setting it in the house. And and so it's particularly clever in this one, I think, that he's uh, he's had them make a, a silent movie. And then, of course, it's a new era. And what happens in the middle of the filming, which happened quite a lot at the time, is the talkies suddenly come in. And I can't remember which film it was, but came out in cinemas and no one wanted to see a silent film ever again after this one talkie. And so... Everyone who was in production at the time making silent films had to change. And all these silent movie stars, of which Guy is one, had to suddenly use their own voices and be heard for the first time. And some of them made it and some didn't. Which in itself is interesting, isn't it? The voices that they expected to come out of their, their Hollywood actors' mouths at the time. Yes. I mean, it's uh, it's the subject of, of several movies already. I mean, it's Singing in the Rain, it's the same sort of plot, and, and the whole revolution and, and the catastrophe, really, of when the talkies came in. You know, it opened up so many new avenues, but it also closed a lot of careers down. And, and uh, you know, I think a lot of actors were suddenly you know, went from being movie stars to being on the street. How interesting was it for you as an actor to be making a film about that point in Hollywood where you go from silent into talkies. And actually, I heard that you used a lot of old old equipment as well and old film equipment. And how, how fascinating was that for you? Well, it was, it was so interesting. And it was so interesting to see how something, whatever, 70, 80 years ago, 90 years ago, how the craft that we, that I've been doing all my career, uh, mm. you know, this was the very start of it. This was where, where it all began. And it was so funny just... You know, it is very similar in some ways, but then in other ways with a sound man saying, speak up like you're in the theatre. <laughs> and uh, and there being cameras behind great big uh, glass walls so that you couldn't hear the mechanisms whirring. It was fascinating to see and really to act as if you were on a silent movie. Roll the camera. Harry. And action! <laughs> Walk downstairs and find him with your eyes. You halt and walk on. But he's waiting for you. Tell her she looks beautiful. You're delighted to hear it, but you cannot admit it. What was it like stepping into the world of Downton and not just as the franchise and being part of the phenomenon, but they are, they're a family. They're a team that have worked together for such a long time. It's this huge programme were you welcomed with open arms, Dominic? I was, yes. They were very kind to me. I was very nervous and they... Um, were you? Yeah. Do you get nervous? Well, I don't really... I didn't think I did, but it's very daunting coming onto a show that's been going for so long and that is such a huge phenomenon, such a success. And you've, you're know, used to seeing all these people together on screen and suddenly you see them in front of you in the room. And I was, yeah, I was absolutely terrified. I, I think I stumbled, fluffed most of my 
early lines on my the first scenes we shot and they were all very sweet about it. I feel like that might have been, that's probably quite relaxing if Dominic West is on set and fluffs his lines up. That probably lets everyone breathe a sigh of relief. Oh, well, I think they're, if- no, I think they're all fairly relaxed. They've been doing it for so long. <laughs> but I got, you know, I was amazing. I, I'd never been to High Clear before and we came over the, if you ever go there, you go up the drive mm-hmm. and you come over the brow of the hill and there it is. It's like some you know, Disney uh, castle, and you can't quite believe that it's real because it's such an extraordinary sort of outline against the horizon. And so that was the first sort of intake of breath and then meeting all the cast. And then I had a whole day or two even with Maggie Smith. I was sitting next to her at that famous dining table, chatting away to her. And, you know, she's the funniest woman alive. And it was so funny sitting there. I mean, that's talking to her. It was brilliant. And and mm. they were all when they all all the cast sat down and you could see, you know, they'd been doing this for however long it is. And I think most of the hard work or the, the more, I suppose, uh, the longer work happens around that dining table because you know, eating scenes are always difficult as you have to shoot everyone individually. And, and it takes a while and it's also very hot and you've got no daylight. It's all blacked out. So it was they were all sort of rather resigned to their fate. And I, I was the sort of giggling um, child in the middle who was just like a, a kid in a candy shop, really. What a great way to spend your time, just hanging out with yeah. um, Maggie Smith. Yeah, it brilliant. was. Absolutely brilliant. Um, let's get back to the the plot and the storyline, because this is a changing era. It's called New Era because times are changing. And here we have this institution of the aristocracy and the new royalty stepping into town. And... Talking of Maggie Smith's character, she doesn't really want Hollywood coming into Highclere, does she? She doesn't want you at Downton. No, she certainly doesn't. No, and I suppose you're right. It was a, um, I suppose, celebrities outside of, or certainly in in England, outside of Hollywood, were the aristocracy, were the royalty, were the were the posh people, and suddenly there's these artists, I suppose, who trump all that and who come in. And I mean, part of, and Guy talks about it in the film, he talks about, you know, why he left England, why he finds Hollywood so liberating. He's uh, not upper class. And and of course, none of that matters in Hollywood. Although it does now, I don't know. why, But, but at that time, you know, it was a hugely... Uh, he was getting away from the class system of which, of which Downton is so much... Um, apart and so he he hovers between upstairs and downstairs he's neither upstairs with the family nor downstairs with the servants he's sort of outside of all that and as an english person i think that's that was quite exciting to think about and and to think how this new class system this these new as you said the new aristocracy new royalty um mm. were presuming to upset the ancient class system of England. And it was a good feeling. (laughs) I'm very clever for Julian to get it in, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And what does it do to the way things are done at Downton? Well, as you say, Maggie Smith's character, and they're all not happy at all. And Guy wanders downstairs to chat to the servants and doesn't see anything wrong with that. And the servants are obviously surprise this is this is not something that's necessarily done very much in england and uh um well i don't know how much to say really without ruining ruining the surprise but (laughs) i mean it's it is that question that everybody gets asked but what is it about this series about the british class system that has just captured the imagination of the world 
I think it's the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree. Yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. And my clothes, Guy Dex's clothes are just, they're sort of... That, oh, come on, that, what do you get Well, to that wear? wonderful period of like of Errol Flynn and, and sort of David Niven, or well, just a bit before that, Ronald Coleman, and just that beautiful 30s, a sort of newly casual but beautiful fabrics. And, oh, my clothes are just exquisite. There's wonderful double-breasted suits with the baggy trousers and just that, just the, my favourite period of, of, of clothes ever, I think. That was one of the main, <laughs> one of the main delights of doing this was, was guys' clothes are just exquisite. Yeah. So, and I think, I mean, I'm being flippant, but I do think that is part of the reason why a lot of people, including me, do watch these sort of period pieces is because the, the glamour, the, the cars, the, the buildings, the clothes, the uniforms, you know, all that stuff that we, we've lost, really. We just don't see so much in a modern drama. It's just not so glamorous. And, and I think, really, it's the glamour that gets everyone interested. And then what's made Downton so extraordinary is, is how, how personal Julian Fellows has made it, how the, the dramas are so personal and, and so varied, and that people have now come to know and love all those characters so closely and know everything about them that that really a new film about it is like uh visiting an old old friends you know everyone knows who's going to be in there and is fascinated to know what's the next chapter in their lives um for the downton mega fans dominic just tell them why they should be very excited about watching the new era film that's about to come out well you can't miss it because several things happen to the cast that you've grown to love over the years that are <laughs> I don't know, I'm saying this cryptically well, but but that that you know they're massive. They're massive they character are. developments. And um you definitely don't want to miss that. But I think it's everything you've loved about Downton in terms of the glamour and the characters and the love affairs and friendships and enmities with a splash of Hollywood chucked in, which uh, can't be a bad thing. And we cannot wait to see it, especially you in those fab suits. Thank you. Playing Guy Dexter. Uh, Dominic, thank you. Thank you very much. Join me next time for episode 11, The Story of Downton Abbey, where the creators of the show will tell me Downton's story from the very beginning. Got to the point when we came down for breakfast on one of these tours and Gareth looked at me and he said, I think it's time to go back to Highclere. This is a Something Else production. Make sure you follow Downton Abbey, the official podcast, so you never miss an episode. <laughs> <laughs>